Welcome to Minimalist Chicks, a limited series podcast about two longtime besties on a journey of figuring out how to adult and do it without all the extraness of life. Each week, we'll bring you a different super real and funny episode on living the minimalist lifestyle, from decluttering your kitchen and closet to hoarding keepsakes, and also what it's like trying to be a minimalist wife and mom when your spouse ain't about that life. I'm Brina. And I'm Dina. No relation. And this is Minimalist Chicks. Join us on our journey and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. For more on the show, check out minimalistchicks.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Pinterest for mini inspiration. Get it? Mini inspiration? Minimalism? (laughs) Now let's get started. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Minimalist Chicks. Today's show is about money, marriage, and living on less. In a previously recorded interview, we chatted with Vanessa Lumby about her journey to minimalism based on her article entitled, Our Minimalist Lifestyle, Thriving on $1,000 a Month. Vanessa, along with her husband, Jacob Lumby, are the creators of CashCowCouple.com, a website created to teach other married couples how to save money, eliminate debt, and build a more secure financial future. CashCowCouple.com has all the financial information you need to survive marriage with your partner. From information on why you should invest, how to invest, the best credit cards to apply for, information on credit scores, and so much more. Now let's jump into the discussion. First question for Vanessa. How do you personally define minimalism? Okay, so for me, minimalism is not so much about having less physical items and is a lot more about being conscious of the money it takes to own those physical items. Uh, to me, minimal, minimalism is a lot more, is a lot more about not spending money on unnecessary items and not overspend in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I can use my money for a better purpose down the road. Um, minimalism is kind of like a way to implement a system in my life so that I can scrutinize spending and reduce it as much as possible now so that I can use that money for something a lot better in the future. Um, for instance, like in the article, like you just mentioned that we live on a thousand dollars a month, um, in our first year of marriage. Um, and that was the purpose of that was so that we could accomplish some pretty extensive, um, financial goals in our life. At the time when we first started, we were in $25,000 worth of, of debt from from school. Um, so we really wanted to get rid of that so we could start building wealth. So essentially, our um, journey with minimalism began because we wanted to live on less now for a purpose, um, which was accomplishing big financial goals for us in the future. And you guys did an amazing job getting rid of <laughs> Thank you. $25,000 debt in one year. So yeah, um, incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, we we think, you know, we go to college and we talk to people who have degrees and 10 years later, they're still paying their student loans. And that's supposed to be normal. You know, right. Exactly. It's exactly. It's they they make us believe that, oh, you don't have to pay these loans back until six months after uh, college. And then you get out and it's hard to find a job. And it's, you know, you want other things and you uh you think with this degree, I'm going to have so much more. I'll be able to pay these student loans. And right. they don't tell you that sacrifices are, or for most people, will be a part of that, uh, paying off that debt. 
Um, For sure. And the thing that you also have to take into account is that if you do take 10 years or more, uh, a lot of people take, you know, some, some people even take, end up taking their whole lives to pay that, pay down their student loans, if depending on what kind of school they go to and whatnot, but they, you end up paying so much more, um, and, and interest and all of that. So paying it off as fast as possible is definitely recommended. (laughs) It's such a weight off your shoulder. I I know. It is. Um, Yes. (laughs) Well, how did it, um, like personally moving from, I know for the first two months of your uh, marriage, you guys lived in an apartment with a roommate. Um, So how did moving into your mobile home, uh, how the the difference between an apartment where you have a separate kitchen or a separate living room into this one space with this new man in this new marriage? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How was that? (laughs) It was, it's so funny you asked about that because before we got married, um, I had a friend who was living in a mobile home with her husband. They got married before us. Um, and I went to visit her and I was like, oh my word, I will never live in a mobile home, (laughs) which is uh, crazy. Never say never because of course, a few years later, like I was in the exact same situation that she was in. Um, so I definitely had some reservations about moving into a manufactured home. Um, however, we've, we've lived in this in our mobile home now, um, for almost five years. Um, and we're, I mean, we're just so grateful for it. And, uh, we've, um, we've really built like a beautiful, financially stable life and marriage from this mobile home. And so, uh, we're really just really grateful for the home we have. We don't have to pay a mortgage. The land that we rent on our house is so cheap. Um, we have great neighbors and a great dog park that our dog Pepper loves. Um, so even though I was really hesitant to move into a mobile home to, you know, I was really desiring like a bigger, more stable structure to live in when we first got married. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it's in in our mobile home that I really learned the true value of a dollar. And I was able to start understanding what minimalism even means. Um, I think like becoming a minimalist actually turns you into like the most grateful version of yourself. Yeah. Uh, when you have less things, like maybe even less than you actually want, or you think you might want, um, you really learn what, that what you have is already so much. Uh, it makes you like think about, um, it makes you like really appreciate what you own and it reduces your desire for, for more things. Um, so I think in, in the long run, it made me a lot more grateful of a person, um, to live in a small, you know, to live in a, maybe a smaller house than we're, you know, than I desired at first, but it turned out to be like one of the the greatest, uh, blessings of my life to learn how to live within our means, learn how to live with less and, and to really just accept like the things that I have are, are amazing. You know, like the things that I have now are things 10 years ago, I was really hoping someday that I would have. So, yeah, Yeah. you realize you don't need that much right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah which is so countercultural, but amazing to push right. forward and do but yeah. I'm curious did you guys both grow up in a household where uh in households where money was discussed like how easy was it for you guys to have those initial conversations about finances when you were engaged um well that's a really great question my my family was a little bit um more open with our financial situation, but we were never, um, 
we never had a whole lot of financial struggle. Uh, Jacob's family, on the other hand, money was a lot more tight. And so that really affected him as a kid and as, even as an adult. Um, money to him equals security. You know, yeah. if, if we have enough money, then he feels safer and a lot more peace of mind and all of that, which I think is true for most people. Um, so, but his family didn't talk about it at all. So I think that both of us coming from a family where maybe money wasn't talked about as much as we wish it would have been for me so that I could learn how to manage it better. And for Jacob, just for peace of mind, um, that, you know, like that everything's okay. We, when we were dating, we talked extensively about, um, money and how we were going to, how we were planning to live our life. Um, and it was just, it's something that, I mean, obviously he was interested in personal finance because that's what he's ended up getting his PhD in, but we, he was interested in it before that. So it was just something that he, A, just kind of liked to talk about anyway. For me, I didn't have any concept of personal finance when we were dating at all, but I learned a lot from him and realized that the way that he was wanting to live his life is also something that I was really interested in, um, too, and trying to, to be really financially stable at a young age. So it was definitely something that we didn't grow up you know, learning how to talk about money, but we really had to make it a point, a priority in our relationship early on and continued on into our marriage to talk about our finances. I mean, like every day, it's a pretty it, common yeah. con conversation it's, for us. It's yeah. such an important conversation. I, I remember when I was dating um, my husband and he asked me, I've never been asked this question before. He said, what is your credit score? And, and and I did not know. And he, then he oh, asked yeah. me, you know, how much debt do you have? And I had some debt. I did. I had college um, loan debt. I had um, a credit card that um, Dina and I joke about this all the time on college campuses, how, how when they give you those credit cards, it's like free money. They never tell oh, you, you know, yeah, they're not in the business of educating you on oh, your no. credit at all. <laughs> oh, no, you don't read the APR. You just read that that 25,000, uh, 2,500 credit limit. You're like, this is free money. They're giving yeah. money away on campus, guys. Yeah. And a T-shirt. Yeah, and yeah. a water bottle. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I had that debt going into... Um, into my marriage. And so we did, yeah. yeah, we came up with a plan and I, 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 we just like you guys had sacrifice, made sacrifices so that I could pay off my student loans. Um, yeah. uh, and it was a lot like thousands and thousands of dollars. So, um, yeah, I mean, but you're debt free. You, you and Jacob are now like debt free. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. Wow. We have, we have been, um, I think we were within the first year. So we were, it was, I mean, even though it wasn't as long as a lot of people, it's still like the relief at the day that, that we paid off our last, uh, you know, our last debt, we like called all of our family. Oh, we're yes. like, <laughs> we're like, yes. we're not going, we're not trying to celebrate in whatever way that does not involve money, but yeah, like spending money, yeah. but we were so happy. So it's a big deal paying off your debt. Yeah, that is a major accomplishment for that's sure. That's huge. Do you now? You guys are still living on a thousand dollars a month. Is that? We are. Pro we have. Okay, so the first year of our of our relationship is the the article you're talking about where we documented the whole thing. We probably live on about fourteen to fifteen now. So we have spent a little bit more, but it's definitely mm -hmm. well under. <laughs> 
um, what people, you know, usually household average expenses. Um, So we were, you know, after we were able to pay off our debt, that was the biggest financial goal. Um, We were able to relax a little bit. We're still not going out to eat every night or, you know, we're still making sure that we're Mm -hmm. saving as much money as possible because we still have some really important financial goals that we want to reach. Um, so not spending money on stuff that, that's not as important to us, um, it allows us to save it and, and build wealth and build towards our remaining financial goals together. Yeah. Now, Vanessa, how did you guys come up with that thousand dollars per month? Like, what was that based on? Um, well, we just kind of, I think it was, you know, I don't really know how we ended up on that exact number. I think that's just what we thought that that's. Like that would be a really good goal. That would be really cool if we could, mm-hmm. if we could do it that way we could tell other people that you could also do, you know, a thousand dollars a month. Um, I think it was just more like a, a goal we wanted to set for ourselves rather than any sort of calculation we did or anything like that. We, you know, we knew roughly about how much we were spending on like groceries and housing and all of that. So it was, it wasn't like a, we have to, you know, we're going to spend exactly a thousand dollars and no more. And then we're just going to go without after that. We just wanted to see if we could do it. It was more like a challenge for us. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you would ever, uh, change your spending habits if, or, uh, spend more if you inherited money or won the lottery? Yeah. Uh, that would be amazing. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Like I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Why would you just give it all away? (laughs) Well, okay. We probably, we already feel like we live a really rich life. I mean, we, we eat amazing, healthy food. We go on great vacations. We have like all the nice clothes we could want and up-to-date electronics. And, and we really honestly feel like we have a lot. And sometimes Jacob and I will like joke around with each other. Like, okay, so if we did have like, you know, the question you just asked, like, (laughs) we need to have a whole bunch more money. Like, what would you, what would we even spend it on? And, and to us, we couldn't, we can't really think of a whole lot because, um, I don't think we would buy a whole lot of like things we don't we just there's not a lot of things that we feel like we need right now mm-hmm. um we might we might go out to eat a little bit more but I don't other than that I don't think so um because for us like the if we did get a whole bunch of money my guess is that we would just um sit, honestly save it because yeah. we still have like the financial goals that we still have um we're really wanting to our biggest financial goal has always been financial freedom, um, which for either you guys or your listeners that don't know what financial freedom is, um, it's like the idea that you can maintain your desired lifestyle, whatever that is, um, without having a regular paycheck. So in other words, it's like financial freedom is the 21st century definition of retirement. Um, so we want to be able to retire extremely early so that we can spend our time, you know, doing things that we love, spending more time with the people that we love, um, without having to, you know, be a slave to the nine to five corporate world, um, or work a job that you don't like. So I think probably to answer your question, like completely, we're really happy with our lifestyle. 
Um, so if we were to get a large sum of money all at once, uh, all at once, that would just mean we were one step closer to reaching our goal of financial freedom. Yeah. So we probably wouldn't change much about how we'd spend our money day to day. Rather, we would probably just spend a lot less time working and more time pursuing like our passions and our goals and our interests and spending time with the people that we love. Um, so we would pretty much just keep living like we do and just have the knowledge that we cut a few years off of our <laughs> ultimate yeah. goal of, uh, of financial freedom. That's, so. that's good. I think, I think when, when you're like, like I grew up in, um, a working class household. So both of my parents mm-hmm. were teachers and, yeah. um, you know, you grew up and you think like, oh, when I become an adult, I'm going to have a big house and. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be rich and then you grow up and that's not really like how it happens for a lot of people. Um, yeah. And so um, my husband and I are in our spare time. We drive around mansions and like pull up Zillow <laughs> and we that's look so at fun. Yeah, we it's so fun. We do it that is fun. all the time, like just pull into neighborhoods and just look at um, houses. And I said to him the other day, I said, Jonathan, would you ever want to live? in a mansion. Now, three years ago, his answer would have been yes. But this time he said, no, he said, no, not really. Um, And we talked about it just like a bigger house means we would probably buy more stuff. I would probably have to clean more. (laughs) It's just all of these more things um, with a bigger house. And we have this house now. It's it's plenty of space. um, And I'm going to get rid of a lot of things <laughs> during this podcast. So um, I get that being content with, with, what, with, with where you are and what you have and knowing that what you have is enough. Yeah. Um, whenever we do end up, because we won't live in our mobile home forever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we will until we feel like we're fine, you know, have enough financial stability to maybe move into a more permanent housing situation. But when we do, I think we're going to be looking for, more of a cottage style, small, smaller type of home to move into. So, yeah, I get that. Especially the, especially the cleaning thing. That's, oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to spend more time doing that? Exactly. Yeah. I, and, then, and then my husband's like, well, we could hire somebody. And I'm like, I don't want to pay more anybody. Money. Yeah. Another job. <laughs> spent. Like, yeah. pay, another pay for a bigger house to put more stuff in it and then right. to pay someone to clean it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. No, thanks. Yeah. I'm curious, were you guys like pretty disciplined people like before you did this or was this like really a challenge of discipline and like to really push yourself to do it? Yeah, um, it was Jacob's really has been very frugal his entire life. I think his mom like tells stories about him like out to eat, trying to figure out what's the best value for your money whenever (laughs) they're all out to eat for the family. And he's like 10. But, so he's, he's, he's a little bit more bent towards it. Um, I think I thought that I was good at money until I, you know, started dating and eventually married Jacob. Um, I really like to go out to eat. I like to go to the movie. I like to be out and doing things. So uh, I was a little bit less disciplined with, with my money um, before we got married. But if, I think for me, what was the real trigger or the real like what pushed me to say okay I think we can do this I think we can pay off our debt in a year and live on you know twelve thousand dollars in one year which is crazy I think for me it was just having a goal like having a purpose like a reason for doing it made all the difference to me you know 
it took it took lots and lots of conversations for me to really to, for him to convince not convince me for me to really understand why it was important. But ultimately, he was like, you know, if we can live on, you know, the little the uh, the least amount of money as possible and try to avoid lifestyle inflation for you know as long as we can, then like, wouldn't it be crazy? Like, wouldn't it be cool if someday we could just pay pay cash for a house we're going to build or yeah. we can go exactly. on this fantastic vacation you know and not have to save you know save tons of money up front we could just go if we wanted to or you know he's just like what's your dream like what would be the coolest thing you can do with with your money that you that would be like a pipe dream and and we can do that if we are disciplined now and you know say no to going out to eat four times a week and instead you know, eat at home and enjoy each other's company at home. And then, you know, in a couple of years, we can go on a crazy cool vacation or, or in 10 years, we can build a house with cash and not ever have a mortgage. Or So it was just for me, it was like seeing that, like what we're calling like small sacrifices um, in the beginning turn into turn into in, like incredible opportunities later on. Yeah. So what did that look like? I'm curious, like when you guys did eat out, because I saw that you did factor that in. <laughs> oh, I want yeah. to get to the nitty gritty. I'm yeah. What did you really eat? So <laughs> you, yeah. When you ate out, like what kind of restaurants were you going to? You guys mentioned that you used a lot of Groupons and like discounts. Oh, yeah. Like, like what was that like? Because I saw the eating out budget and I was like, wow, that is that is really low. Okay. So whenever I'm trying to remember back whenever we were doing the food really strict, we would eat, we would get a lot of groceries. So like basically every night we would go, you know, we would pretty much eat at home, you know, lunch and lunch and dinner. And, you know, we don't, we don't really eat that much breakfast, but you know, if you did need breakfast, you eat at home. So then we would throughout the, throughout the week, if we would see like, there's a restaurant here in town that does, um, taco Tuesday and it's like $5 for this enormous plate of food. And so it's like, that's enough food to feed both of us, honestly, especially if we came home and like had a salad with it or something. Mm -hmm. So we would, you know, go out to eat and share a $5 meal, or we would go, um, we basically, our rule was if you don't have like a 50% or more discount to go out to eat, then you don't go out to eat that week so it was it was very intentional very much if you don't have a discount or there's not a really good deal like taco tuesday or or there's several i mean if you really look around while you're out and about you can people you know different restaurants have different promotional deals throughout the week so we were just very we just wouldn't you know i think the hardest part for going out to eat is we were it was a totally new city. We moved 10 hours away from our hometown. We didn't know anybody. So probably the hardest part about that was we were trying to make friends, trying to meet new people. Um, and before you know people, you don't like want to invite them over to your house. So I think that was probably the most difficult part was trying to hang out with other people um, and go out to eat, but not spend a lot of money. So sometimes that meant like if people wanted to go out to eat, like we would just honestly like eat a meal at home and then share an appetizer when we went out or something. So we could still be social or we could still be with people and try to make friends and stuff. But, um, then also stick to our, yeah, stick to our goals. goals. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, and, and it's not, and it seems like, um, that first year, I think I was really just so surprised about how, how little we felt like we needed to go out or we needed to, to spend money because it's all about, I mean, if you're doing it, 
consistently over a year, it really just turns into a habit, you know, yes. whenever it's like time right. to go out, you know, it's time for dinner. Like, instead of thinking, Oh, I don't feel like cooking. Let's go out. You're just like, well, I need, you know, time to go to the kitchen and whip something up because there's no, because we're not going out because we don't have a coupon or whatever. So. Yeah. It's a good habit. <laughs> yeah. It's just, good yeah. It's once you start building habits, it becomes, it becomes much yeah. easier. Now, Vanessa, do a lot of your family and friends know that you and Jacob are minimalists, right? So, yeah, do they, <laughs> they're aware. Yeah. So, you know, because Dina and I talked about this, like when we start transitioning and then we have family members and friends who want to get us gifts and, and buy us yeah. sweaters. Like, yeah, how do you tell people or, or do you, um, like, you know, maybe get us a gift card or, you know. Yeah. Well, we handle that in several different ways. It really depends on on the person that's giving you a gift, um, how sensitive they are to saying, you know, I, I don't really want you to buy me anything or can you, like, donate that money to charity or can you uh, yeah. just get me a gift card? Like, okay, so here, here's an example. Like, my family does not do gift cards. Right. They don't consider gift cards a gift. So, we would ask for things that a we thought we really needed. So at the beginning of your marriage, even though, I mean, we we had very generous friends and family for like wedding gifts and stuff. We had a lot of things that we needed. But if there was something that came up that oh hey I would like to have um, a juicer this year for Christmas, uh, just like really making sure that I'm not not just asking for things that I don't really need, but asking for stuff that's really useful that I might not be able to afford by myself but maybe if my parents help pitch in or my you know my my brother or whatever would help pitch in for christmas gift that we could have something we really wanted um without hurting anyone's feelings i guess but another way that we handled that is we would ask for you know if they gave us something that we weren't sure we liked um my family's pretty open and so is jacob's we would just say hey this is you know thank you for the gift it's so thoughtful um is there any way that I can have the receipt so I can get something, you know, get something else or like buy groceries this year, yeah. you know, just, and our families were really, um, open to that idea. They, they were, they were really supportive. Yeah. yeah. So I think it just depends on who it is, you know? So, right. and, and if it was like a situation you can control, like with my, like with my girlfriends, when I was in college, I would, we'd always get gifts for each other for birthdays or Christmas or whatever. And then we all kind of got married around the same time and we're like, Hey, like money's tied on my end. How is it on yours? Right, <laughs> like, right. yeah. We just like, uh, hang out on your birthday yes. instead of buying each other gifts. And then, you know, so that's, that's so much that's another, way, you know, that's, that's a situation you can handle though. You know, like your, your, your friends, uh, family is a little bit trickier, but I think just knowing, knowing the people that you're getting the gifts from and how honest you can be with them or how, you know, maybe mm -hmm. trying to get creative with how you ask for gifts as well. Uh, like for instance, a couple of years ago, we went, we did end up go getting to go on a, like on a fantastic vacation to Thailand. Um, and so that year, instead of asking for presents, because we were, we only took our, you know, being minimalist, we only took a, uh, carry on suitcase wow. for the trip. And so, which Just I highly one? recommend. One carry on? Yeah. One carry on and a backpack. Wow. And just, I'm serious. It is the way to travel. You don't have to stand in any lines. Yeah. You right. Work, yeah. You don't have to worry about your getting stuck. Yeah. And, yeah. It's right above your head the entire time. Yeah. It's great. 
But of course, so we went back for Christmas and then we left for our trip right after Christmas. So there's no way we could take all of, you know, anything that anyone got us for Christmas with us. So instead that year we just said, hey, um, we're going to go to Thailand and have this vacation. But there's a couple of things that are on our itinerary that we might not, you know, we might not end up doing if it seems, you know, if it's too expensive or whatever. Would you, you know, just giving them ideas for paying for cool stuff to do on vacation instead of, instead of giving us gifts, they would just like sponsor one of our activities or something. Yeah. And that, that was like fun for them because they felt like they could participate in, in our vacation and they could see that, you know, the pictures were more enjoyable when we came back and forced them to look at them. <laughs> um, yeah. And so that, then that worked out great. They, you know, our yeah. family enjoyed that and we got something really cool out of it that we, you know, we're already going there, but we got to do a couple of cool stuff that we wouldn't have maybe got to do otherwise. So getting creative with what you ask for Christmas presents is also probably good. Right. I think experiences are something that's like, that's a cool gift. And it's part of a, a minimalist lifestyle because you're not accumulating anything. You're, you're just accumulating experience. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, just one final question. Uh, I'm just yeah. curious. So during that period, I know you mentioned that I think earlier you said you guys pretty much talk about your finances like every day. Were you doing that or monitoring your spending daily as well, like during this period? Or do you still do that? Or is it like weekly at the end of each month? Like how closely do you guys like tend to keep an eye on, on what you're spending? Um. At this point now, we have gotten so good at um, <laughs> knowing when we're spending, you know, not, we basically never overspend on anything. So we're really careful with what we do spend money on. But um, probably at the beginning, we, I don't know if you guys have heard of like personal capital, they like it keeps track of your spending for you. So you can look at that every week, once every couple of weeks. Um, Jacob probably looks at it a lot more than I do just because it's one of his hobbies. Yeah. Um, but I would, I, I think whenever we were first married, it was, it was something that we looked at every day, every other day, at least once a week for sure. Well, yeah. Vanessa, where else can we find you? We, uh, yeah, we've got Facebook and Instagram. Both are just uh, cash cow couple at cash cow couple. Um, but yeah, the, our website's definitely the best, the best place if you're interested in learning about how to spend money on, you know, spend less money, make more money, uh, build wealth, investing, all, all kinds of cool stuff like that. Um, the websites, yeah. the websites, our main hub, but yeah, face, Facebook and Instagram are both good. And we have a Twitter too, but we're, we're not too big on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you tweet at us, we will, we will reply. You'll but, tweet that. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for you. Um, talking to us. We want to be just like you. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is our goal to be like Vanessa um, and just be disciplined and happy and um, financially free. Um, it's a great goal. I, I know. I know you and Jacob are going to reach it. You guys will be retired in five years. So, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, thank you so much. And um, that's it. You can be free now. <laughs> well, it was so. It was so great talking to you guys. I will be following along on your. Um, your journey to minimalism it's it's exciting it's a yes. really exciting thing you guys are doing so i'm i'm excited thank to follow you. along as well perfect thank you so
That's it for this week's show. Thanks for joining us and be sure to tune in next week. If you've enjoyed the show, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Got a question you'd like to ask or a praise report to share? Send us an email at minimalistchicks at gmail.com. For more information about the show, check out minimalistchicks.com and follow us on the gram and Pinterest at minimalistchicks.com.